give him my mic so he can welcome Good morning, Capital City. I'm glad you're here. If you're glad you're here, let's give God praise. Amen. I think we ought to give each other a fist bump. You are the warriors because you decided to come even if the snow was coming. We don't have a lot of snow right now, but uh, maybe when we go home, we might. But you're here. And so give each other a fist bump and say, I am absolutely determined. I am going to be here. Amen. Thank you, sir. All right. Got it. Amen. And I want to also welcome everyone who is online. Now, what I suspect is, and what a beautiful thing it is, that when we have services like this with the snow, what a beautiful thing is that you can watch online let's welcome our online people and we want you to know how important all of you are that was pretty pitiful let's let's welcome them here let's welcome them. give them a hand that's right we are glad you are part of our online service last week in our great commission uh weekend we had over 400 at the last count 400 views from all over the world and all over the United States. Let's give God praise, amen. As we begin our worship today, I'd like to ask a young lady, Miss Rose Carroll, will you come uh, to the platform just before we worship and uh, just, just come right up these steps right here. And uh, Miss Rose Carroll, uh, we love Ohio Christian University students. And I love having Ohio Christian University students with us. And this is Miss Rose Carroll. And she has just accepted helping us with our youth. And uh, let's give her a hand. Anything you want to say? Uh, thank you. <laughs> As many of you know, uh, Norman and Elizabeth uh, Lane have been struggling with some health issues. And so we've been praying about this. But I appreciate so much Miss Rose, and she is going to help us. And uh, she's a ministerial student and a junior. And uh, have a, you have the ministerial student uh, is your major, and your worship is in? Uh, it's a minor. A minor? Yeah, uh, worship leadership. Worship leadership. So God is blessing us. Thank you, Miss Rose. Give her a hand as she goes. Are you ready to worship? Let's stand together. Let's lift our hands. Let's point our hands to the stage and just say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to worship you today. Let's just, let's just lift our hands and just lift them toward the stage right now. Father, we have come into your presence and your presence is an open door. Now I pray today that the mighty power of the Holy Spirit will be in our worship be in our speaking, be in everything that takes place today, because we love you. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's worship together.
God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. Gonna shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. But we shout out your praise.
songs of loudest praise and teach me some melodious song by flaming tongues above and praise the mount I'm fixed upon mount of God's unchanging
And we're just so grateful, God, that you would be here. God, that you promised that to us, that we're two or more gathered, that you would be here. And God, you filled that promise this morning. God, I ask that you would touch the lives that are in this room and those that are watching online. God, whatever's happening in their lives, you know more than we ever could, and you know what's needed. We just ask that you would move. God, be with us as we go through the rest of this service. Continue to speak and move through us, your servants. We thank you, and we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Did you enjoy worship today? Let's give God praise. Thank you for everyone who plays a part. This morning, I had originally planned that I was going to be in the state of Maryland for a Great Commission conference and churches um, in the state of Maryland. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, that conference was uh, postponed due to COVID and cold weather and, and other things. And I originally had talked to Pastor Deb, and I said, Pastor Deb, uh, would you be able to preach for us on the 23rd? And she said, no, I can't do that. I'm going to be at my son's wedding in Texas. And so I began to think in my mind, what could I do? And I was having lunch with Eric, and as many of you may or may not know, uh, he has been uh, uh, put in now not only just the position of doing what he's doing here, but he's helping us as my executive pastor. And I think we ought to give praise to Eric for what God is doing. He really has a mind and heart uh, for different kinds of things. And so we have lunch each week, and uh, I was talking to him about this day, and I said, um, Eric, would you like to preach? I, I was kind of half kidding and half serious. He looked at me, and he didn't say no. Let that be a word, you know. If you don't say no, I take that as a yes. And as <laughs> But no, I saw more than that. I could see in his eyes. And we talked a little bit. And he has been working for months on the idea of helping us to put our ministries underneath our mission statement. And I just want you to know that I have the greatest confidence in this young man. Um, and I thank God for him. His parents are here. Eric's parents, would you stand in Eric's family? Would you stand? And uh, we just want to give you praise and welcome you. We need to have him come all the time. He fills that whole row. You know, that's right. Good, good, good. And uh, it, it is so good also to have all of you here to be a part of this and to have Kayla's father, uh, Daryl. Daryl, would you just stand? We'd like to just say, Daryl Wolf, this is Kayla's father. And uh, we're just so glad that all of you are here today. So... I want us to just put our minds and our hearts together. And I know, I know this, God has a message for us through his servant, Eric. Let's welcome him with Cap City. Welcome. God bless you, Eric.
because I turned it off. My bad. <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, Cap City. Um, I am very nervous, uh, but very excited to be with you this morning. Um, if you are a first-time visitor in the room or online, uh, take this opportunity, get up, walk out, and come back next week. Uh, <laughs> and, and you can hear a real preacher speak. Uh, <laughs> the rest of you, I know who you are. You're stuck with me. But um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, if you're a first-time guest, uh, when, at the end of service today, we want you to stop by the information center uh, and pick up. We have a gift for you, and we would love to just get to know you and connect with you. And if you are online... Um, there should be a comment somewhere at the top posted by Cindy White um, that has some instructions for you. Same thing. We would love to connect with you online. All right. Well, if you've been here the last uh, few weeks, you know that the series that we're in is a great 2022. And great, if you haven't been with us, is an acronym. And each week we've been working through a letter. And... Uh, week one and week two, Pastor David shared with us, uh, was growth and relationships. And last weekend, uh, we did E, which was evangelism, and we had an incredible Great Commission conference. If you didn't get to be here for that, um, after service or sometime this week, take the time. I promise you, and there's a, a 50 people in this room who will promise you the same thing. It is well worth the few hours of your time and even if you were here, probably to go back and rewatch it, it is worth a few hours of your time uh, to hear the great men of God that shared with us last weekend. You can go to capcitychurch.live slash livestream, and all those videos are there. And this week, um, we're on to the next letter. A, which in this case stands for action. And I was uh, sharing this morning in the, the production meeting that... This morning, a like, call to action is, it almost isn't strong enough. This, 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 I hope my message this morning is almost a call to arms. And what we're talking about is, uh, all of you who are in the sanctuary, you can see it. Uh, if you're online uh, and you've never been in our sanctuary, uh, the cameras should pull this up uh, on each side of the screens. You'll see them. It says, find God, find freedom, find purpose, and find fulfillment. And what we're going to refer to those in short, because if I have to say it every time, it gets really long. Uh, <laughs> we're just, from here on out, those are the four finds. If I say the four finds, that's what we're talking about. And what this concept of the four finds is, is two separate things in one. And it's first, um, it's first a life cycle, and secondly, it is a mission. So in order to explore those two ideas, first, we need to understand what are these things? And what do each of them mean? Also, why are they on the wall? Why is this so important? We'll get to that. But first, let's walk through them. The first piece, find God, all the way over here on the left, is um, this is the evangelistic piece of this cycle and mission. For those of you who are already saved, this is that moment where uh, you came to know God, where you received Christ and salvation. And on the mission side, um, this is, this is the, like I said, the evangelistic piece where we as a church then go back out to share with other people. Uh, John 17, 3 says, And this is the way to have eternal life, 
to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. And Philippians 3.8 says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. The author there, first, we know that the way to eternal life, the way to find God is through Christ Jesus. And secondly, that the author, the writer to the Philippians says that not only is this important, but that everything else is garbage. Just chuck it out. It doesn't matter. Um, Dr. Doug Carter told a story last weekend, if you didn't hear it. Um, he was meeting with some men. I don't know where. The man's been in 130 countries. It could be just about anywhere. Uh, but he told this story about how he was meeting with this group of men in some country, and they were talking late into the night. And finally, to wrap it up, at 3 o'clock in the morning, he says, listen, how can I pray for you? And they shocked him because these men in this developing country, they could have asked for food, they could have asked for shelter, they could have asked for freedom from whatever tyrannical government was pressuring them to not worship, but instead they asked him this. They said, always pray for us that no matter what, we would never put our priorities or our personal satisfaction or personal comfort above the opportunity and above the opportunity to share the gospel, to always put the message and love of Jesus Christ first. And this is what the author in Philippians is talking about. It's this idea that at the end of the day, nothing else matters. The next step, the next piece is find freedom. This is the transformative piece. And the Churches of Christ and Christian Union, we call this, uh, this is what we would call sanctification. Uh, this is the process uh, that Romans 12 talks about, not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the part where, after being saved, you invite, in that process, in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and touches you. And with, through the Holy Spirit, God begins to transform you and to shape you into a new person. And you find freedom, not only thing, from the things that that you've done, but the things that people have done to you. And this is an, uh, an, important, an important distinction to understand that at the end of the day, God wants you to look at him. The rest of that is garbage, and he can free you from all the things that are weighing you down from living out the next pieces of this cycle. And it's an, it's an important step and a, a realization that, like I said, not only the things that you're done, like we, the, the first thing I think we think of is freedom from addiction or freedom from my sin or freedom from my old life. But the, the second piece of that is that you can find freedom from, as we would say, as I think it's CR, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, what other people have done to you, that baggage that you're carrying, God just, it's okay. Let me take that. You know, you're lunkering around with this anchor and God just, boop. Come on, it's okay. <laughs> and, and that's how easy it is for God if you would just let him do that transformative work in your life. And, uh, and in 1 John 5, 4 and 5, it says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. First, the end of that verse explains why the first part comes first. 
You find God, you believe in Jesus, and then you can find victory through your faith. The second part of Romans 12.2 says uh, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this takes us to the third step, the third piece, uh, which is to find purpose. That part of discerning, discerning what is the will of God. So what is the will of God? 1 John 5.3 says that the love of God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. And Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, that's the whole story. And here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. A lot of times we like to really spiritualize this idea of what is my purpose? What does God have planned for me? And that's not a bad thing. The discernment process is an important one. But at the end of the day, each of us is called to follow the commands of God. And if we look at Scripture, if we look at the New Testament uh, particularly, we see a couple of things pop out really quickly. Uh, conveniently, um, Jesus also liked the word great. So to tie right in, the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he gave the disciples this other great command, the great commission, to go forth into all nations, in Matthew 28, to go forth into all nations preaching the gospel. And so we see that for each of us, our purpose is to love God, love people, and share the gospel. And then we move to the fourth step, fulfillment. Well, how do I find fulfillment? How do I find peace in my life? You find fulfillment and peace in your life by living out the purpose that God gave you. Like I said, this week is about action. This whole series really is building to this moment and to what Pastor David's going to share next week, talking about action. And so, uh, in Ephesians 1, it says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. This is the answer. This is the answer to the question that purpose asks. It says that Christ, before we had any idea who he was, before we were thought of, before we were conceived, that he had a plan for us, part of his glorious design, and that he's working that purpose out in each of us. When you look at, these, look at these four finds, when you look at these four things together, find God, find freedom, find purpose, and find fulfillment. It's two things, like I said. In, in this context, for us today, it's a life cycle and it's a mission. This is, at its heart, at its root, the life cycle of a Christian believer. And we've kind of walked through that step. You find salvation, you find God. You let God in the Holy Spirit work through you and transform you. And then you say, okay, so what do I do with that? God says, well, this is your purpose, to follow my commandments. And then you go live out those commandments. And you can live them out in all kinds of places. You can serve in the church. You could be a part of a church staff. But beyond that, 
no matter where you are or what you're doing. You could be an engineer or a bus driver or you can work at McDonald's or you can insert XYZ career, whatever you're doing. And by doing that with excellence and for the glory of God and by loving every person uh, that you come into contact with out of the abundance of love that Christ shared with us, you can live this out. Because if you love people like Jesus loved people, they're going to be so confused. People, people don't do that like, anymore. And they're going to want to know, what, who are you? What, what is your deal? What is this? And in that moment, that you, you can take that opportunity to reach out and fulfill what, what we were created to do. The other part of that, that so that's the, the life cycle piece. The other part of this is the mission piece. And I want to draw a distinction here this morning between um, a mission and a museum. I once heard a pastor, his name is Don Russo, say that we as the church build missions and not museums. What does that mean? It's one of those catchy, like, Christianese sayings that sounds really cool. But, but what, is it, what does it mean? Yeah, missions are the here and now. And, and, but if you think about a museum, what do you do? Drive to the museum, get out, pay the admissions fee, you go in, you walk through the thing, and you leave. And you, you look at the stuff that's in the museum, whether it's art or it's some famous person's clothing, which, let's be honest, is kind of weird, um, but, uh, or, or some president's furniture or some old piece of technology or whatever. Countless museums dedicated to countless things, but the, the concept is the same. You go in, you walk through, you look at all the things, and if it's really compelling, it might, might make you think. And if it's really, really compelling, you might tell somebody else, like, hey, you should go look at this museum. It was kind of cool. Maybe. But most of the time, you're going to go into this museum, you're going to pay them, you're going to walk through and walk out. More or less unchanged in the trajectory, in the trajectory of your life uh, from how you came in to when you went out. You're essentially the same person. And there's, there's a problem with that, because if that is the church, uh, then not only are we really doing church wrong, but really that's, that's the antithesis of what Jesus intended the church to be when he founded it 2,000 years ago. The intention was never for us to come in together, hang out, talk, listen to some good music, listen to some okay speaker, and then go back out in the world and be like, well, that was fun, I can't wait to do it next week. I'm listening to this, um, I've been listening to this church consultant as I'm working on this, as Pastor David said, and they have this saying um, that says, seize the 167. And what it means is there's 168 hours in a week, and we use the church building, and we operate as the church for one-ish. So there's 167 hours that for many, let's be honest, for many of us, we're not thinking about church all that much. There's work to do, there's bills to pay, there's kids to feed. But on the other side of that, there's a world desperately in need of a Savior and a God. 
And the reality is that as the church, if this is true, if we're a mission and not a museum, then our job, first for the staff and the board and the elders and the, vol- and the, the major volunteers that make all this work, our job, what we do in this hour on Sunday and the other things that happen in the church throughout the week, is first to realize a reality and then to solve that. And realizing that reality is that if Pastor David and I and Pastor Deb and a dozen others, if we worked 100 hours a week till the day we died, we would never reach every person that this church is supposed to reach. And on the flip side, if we did do that, the church would collapse. There would be no one here to run things and do it. And so, the rea- and so that's our reality. And then if we, as, as the people leading the church, are, are going to fix that or address the problem with that reality, then our real job has to be equipping you all to do it. Not that we're not also going to out and evangel- go out and evangelize, but 150 or 200 with those online is a whole lot better than 12. And so, the, and so looking at that, then what we have to, then our mission and our vision for Capital City Church, as Pastor David and I have been working on it, and, and a few others, and look at it, the reality is what we want and what, and what God is leading us to do is that we want to come alongside each and every one of you, those who are here, those who are not here, and those who are yet to come, to come alongside you and teach you and equip you to pray with you, to pray for you, and to pray for those that you are praying for. So that each person in this room can reach, let's say it's one person. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's three. Maybe you're called to full-time evangelism to win souls for Christ. And we want to know, figure out the best way to support you and do that. Because here's the thing. We have this mission, right? This is the mission of Capital City Church, to help people on the path of finding God, finding freedom, finding purpose, and finding fulfillment. But our name in and of itself calls us to a, to a, a very large mission. If we are to be the church to the capital city of Columbus, we have a ton of work to do. And Pastor David and I and some others have been talking, and really what that has to look like is that we have to have influence for the kingdom of God in everywhere inside of the 270 loop. It's what? Five million people, probably? No idea. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of ground to cover. And it's going to look like a couple of things. First, it's going to mean that not every person that we impact is going to come to this church. But our, our vision doesn't say see all, see all the seats in Capital City Church get full. This vision says help people to find God and find fulfillment through God. And you know what that mission means? It means that while this building may not crowded, it means if we live out our mission, it means that heaven's going to be really crowded. Praise God. And if we're going to do this, it means we're going to have to work with other people. It means that our staff, we don't have the best drug addiction counselors in the city of Columbus on our staff. We couldn't afford to pay them anyway. Unless, well, never mind. Uh, But we can't afford to have the best rehabilitation services. We can't afford to have the best marriage counseling 
We don't have the room or the space or the people or the staff or the money to do it. So what are we going to do? We're going to go find the best. The best Christian counselors and support that we can find and that we can partner with. So that whether they come to this church or they end up at Obed's Naz or Grove City Naz or wherever they end up walking this journey, these four finds, this four finds journey with God that we are living out our mission and seeing it done. The mission of the church at the end of the day is lived out in the actions of its congregation. A pastor friend of mine uh, texted me a couple days ago and um, I think he got this from someone else, but I'll give him the credit. Uh, so, Zach, if you're watching, thanks. Um, he texted me and he said, truth without application is dead. Which is a lot like the scripture, faith without works is dead. And the reality is, if we know, and we do, these four finds, if we know this truth to be true, and we have faith that it is true, which we do, and we don't live that out, then our faith and that truth are dying. If the disciples knew the truth and had faith that it was the truth, but they had hid in that upper room until they all rotted away, wouldn't be a one of us sitting here today. And the reality is, we're really only ever one generation away from not having churches, or maybe a few, but. And so, this church, as a mission, means that right now, Pastor David is our commander-in-chief. He's our general. He's calling the shots. He's moving money and people and places and resources and the building and everything else that we have. Everything, every piece of equipment that we can bring to bear, as effectively as we can bring it to bear, to reach and impact the capital city for God. And that includes every single person who interacts with this church. And so today, like I said, this is a call to arms. The world is more unchurched than it has ever been. And, it grow, and, that, and that percentage of the population grows every single year. And the number of churches decreases every single year. There'll be, Pastor and David and I were looking at the numbers a few days ago. Uh, there were, what, I think 9,000 churches that closed last year? 9,000. It's like 3% of all churches in America. And it'll be the same thing this year. So we're going to partner with our other, our other churches of Christ and Christian Union churches and other denominations. We're going to partner with the best that we can find to partner with. But all of that is, the, the point is moot if it's only a dozen of us doing it. And so I would urge each of you to, to begin, even in this moment, because it's going to matter in a second, to think about where am I in this process? What do I need to do? 
Because we want to come alongside you and help you into the next stage of the process. Because it's not just, like, well, we've got to shuffle them on through the process. This isn't the BMV. <laughs> this is about life change. This is about every step that you take draws you closer to God. And that matters because as Dr. Frick said last weekend, we as the church have to stop doing addition. We have to start multiplying. Amen. Amen. And if that's going to work, then you drawing closer to God matters because that matters for the eternity of someone else. And that person drawing closer to God matters for the eternity of the people that they will reach and so on and so forth until what was one person grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows and grows, and grows until, like I said, heaven gets really, really crowded. And praise God, if that's not the mission that we live every single day, then we've, we've misunderstood what Christ has called us to. Everything else is garbage. It's really compelling. It's really interesting. But for the 30 minutes or an hour that we don't watch Netflix or the news or read a book or I'm, my guilty pleasure since Christmas is my Rubik's Cube. Love that thing. It's a great time. It's really bad. I drive Kayla nuts. But really, truly, whatever it is, for the younger folks in the room, video games, your newspaper, your book, whatever it is, 30 minutes an hour spent in prayer or spent sharing the gospel with another person matters. And I promise you, guaranteed, 100%, uh, that, that you will find infinitely more joy and peace in that hour or half hour spent in, in prayer or sharing the gospel than you would from any other thing you could possibly be doing. It's all garbage. That's scripture. It's truth. And so this morning, what I want to do is um, I'm not really going to do an altar call. Like I said, this is a call to arms. It's a call to action. And so in every pew, there should be more than enough of them if, if each person could grab a connection card. And what I'm asking you to do with that connection card, Pastor David, will you wave yours around? If you, don't, if you want to know what it looks like, it's this little slip of paper. It's about this big. I need every person to grab a connection card. And we're going to do two things. As your staff, the fir our first priority is to, is to lead and to help each of you. But leading and helping you each of you means leading and helping you to the end of this cycle. And there's a reason it's a cycle because at the end of the cycle, you don't hit fulfillment. We, oh, I've hit enlightenment. I win the game. I won the prize. I get the trophy. No. When you hit the end of that cycle, that, start, that cycle starts over with you reaching someone else and them reaching the end and, and helping someone else. And once you've helped that person, you move on to the next person. So with those connection cards, first, put your name on it, and then 
find a space, doesn't matter, any line, I'll, I'll, we'll collect all of these and I'll sort it out. But under, beside your name, I want you to write which of the four finds you think that you're at this morning. If you need to find God this morning, whatever led you here today, praise God, you are in the right place. There's a hundred people in this room that would love nothing more than to share Jesus Christ with you and what that means and what it will mean for your life. If you need to find freedom this morning from whatever, from something that you've done or you are doing or something that someone else has done to you, same thing. Praise God, whatever led you here to this place this morning, God has you in the right place and has you in this place for a reason. There's a number of, of staff and elders in the room and pastors that would love to pray with you. If you said, hey, I, I found God. I know what freedom feels like, but I need to understand more about purpose. Write that on the card. Would I help you understand what it looks like for you to live out the commands of Christ? And the same thing. If you need to find fulfillment this morning, write that on the card. Praise God, we will help you find a place to get plugged in and to help make a greater impact, to exponentially blow up the impact that you can have in the kingdom of God. Now, this is the call to action part. Find another spot on the connection card. And I want you to write the name of someone that you know and your relationship to them and write where you think that they are. Because at the end of the day, we want to help equip you and to pray with you for that person. So who is it? Is it a coworker, an old friend, a family member, a loved one? Who is it that you're gonna let God fill you with the courage and more than that, that you're gonna let God fill you with so much love that you can't help but overflow and spit it out all over them. They know that what hit them is the love of God. As Dr. Carter said last weekend, don't let this opportunity go by. Don't, don't, don't make the mistake of missing out on what God is trying to do. So write the name of someone else and wherever you think that they are because we want to come alongside you. Whether through prayer or Pastor David or someone may have some resources that can help. We want to equip you and help you to reach that person and to help them draw closer to God. Jesus didn't come here and talk about uh, a passive faith. Everything he did was action. And it got him killed. And it got his disciples killed. And for hundreds of years, saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, was a death sentence. But everything else, their own lives, were garbage in comparison to what it meant to worship and to what it meant to serve. If you filled out those cards, the connection cards, with your name, and where you think you're at and the name of someone else and where you think they're at. 
you can hold on to those. We're gonna uh, collect. You can just drop them in the offering in the, with the ushers when they come by. But this is important. This is what matters. If we don't take this step here today, then we might as well sell this building and all go home. Because if, it, if it's not about doing what Jesus commanded us to do, then it's for show. It's not real. There are plenty of churches I could have gone to. But God called me to this one, whatever that looks like. And I've learned a lot in the last few months um, serving as a part of your staff, and I'm honored to do that. And today is the moment uh, that I've been praying and thinking about and working on for a long time. And this is the first step. This is the first step in a series of steps that make this church a mission where every person is engaged with the cause of Christ. This is not, this is not a place for, for spectating. It's a place of life change. And the, the spirit of God moves in this place and people are freed and delivered in this place. And it has been my greatest joy to be a part of that and to continue to push that forward. Will you pray with me? Dear God, I, I thank you for, for putting this on my heart over the last few months. And I thank you for the opportunity to share it with your people. God, I ask that you would touch every heart this morning, whether they fill it out on a card or not, God, that they have for themselves and for someone else an idea in their heart and in their mind right now of what needs to be done both in their lives and in the lives of someone else. God, fill each of us. Let us overflow. Let my, let my cup overflow so much that I can't help but impact people for you. That I, that I can't I can't possibly keep it in. God, help this moment, help this day to be the first day in a long, long, long line of days of impact in our city, in our church. God, each of us is here because we know that what you did 2,000 years ago matters and is truth. And that in that we have freedom and we have purpose and we can find fulfillment. Help us not to miss that opportunity right now, today. Father, we love you so much. And we are so grateful that you would even give us the opportunity to be a part of it. Be with us as we leave this place. Not as if we just walked through a museum, but going forth from a mission into a mission with orders and truth and knowledge and love that we might touch other people for you. 
are. Thank you, sir. That's why I keep these young people around. They know, uh, you know. We have heard God's message today. All of us have come in here and we've seen find God, find freedom, find purpose, find fulfillment. The four finds. I don't think we'll ever get quite over that. And I hope when you walk in from week to week, you're beginning to say in my heart, where am I? Am I at the place of finding God? Have I really found freedom and, and fulfillment? Is there freedom in my life? Do I know my purpose? Do I know, the, the, do I know my purpose? And am I living a life so that somehow we can fulfill the Great Commission and the Great Commandment? Thank you, Eric. Let's give him a hand one more time. I remember when I was a little, little younger than he was, but um, when Reverend Klein, my pastor, who was at Reeb Avenue, said, David, we'd like to have you preach on Sunday night. And uh, back then, Sunday night was bigger than Sunday morning. And I remember standing in front of all of all of the people there, but sensing that God had something to speak through me. And I think God had something to say through Eric today. And now next week, we're going, he's calling you to action. And next week, we're going to talk about uh, uh, making 2022, I'll get it, uh, great by growing building relationships, focusing on evangelism, hearing a call to action, and it is going to be teaching slash trust. Because I really obey God when I trust God, and I trust Him with my time. Amen. I trust Him with my talent. Amen. And I trust Him with my treasure. Amen. And God begins to bless us as we make 2022 great. I'm gonna have the ushers, if they will, to come forward. And as they're coming, please uh, take time to look in your uh, worship folder today. And especially on the back, uh, you will see that next week, we're going to have a ministry fair. And that means that all of our ministries will have a table set up so that you can just kind of look around and see what these different ministries do. And maybe you would like to get involved in something, uh, but you'll be able to see the, the ministry and able to talk also uh, to one of the ministry leaders. February the 6th, we are having a baptismal service. And some of you that have already said you want to be baptized, this is going to be a great day. So if you uh, want to be baptized, February the 6th. And then anybody know what's happening on February 13th? Valentine's Day. No. Anyone else? Super Bowl! And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a Super Bowl Sunday. Next week, we'll tell you we're trying to get someone uh, that you will recognize to come uh, from the Ohio State Buckeye football team to talk to you uh, about what it means. And we're going to have a Super Bowl Sunday. Then that night at 6 o'clock, we're going to have a Super Bowl party. Can all of you say party? 
party. Now, I'll just say it like you mean it. Party. Okay. And those of you, I've been, been asked different times, when are we going to have the chili cook-off? Number one, I didn't even know you had a chili cook-off. But they're asking, when are we going to have chili cook-off? Super Bowl party, 6 o'clock. If you have chili and you want to come and bring it, uh, then you can bring it. Some of the rest of us will bring Alka-Seltzer as we go through and try all the chili cook-off. And we'll have the Super Bowl on. And uh, if the Bengals are here, that's going to be a tough night because we're going to want to watch the game. If it's the Rams and the Chiefs, most of us don't care. And so we'll just have a party. But it's going to be fun. We'll let you go home by halftime, and uh, you can see the rest of it at home uh, with kids and everybody. It's going to be a great day on Super Bowl Sunday. So remember, uh, that's February 13th. February 13th is what? Say it again. February 13th is what? All right. We're going to give you tickets next week. And uh, I tell you what, I challenge some of you to fill a row. Eric filled the whole row today with people who came to hear him preach. And uh, I don't have enough relatives, Eric, to do that, uh, at least here. And so let's fill some rows on Super Bowl Sunday. Let's make it a great day because we're making 2022 a great year. Father, bless this offering. Bless those who bear these gifts. Bless those who can give. And Lord, I pray you'll give us enough trust to understand that when we bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that you will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until there's not room enough to receive it. Lord, give us that faith. And Lord, we thank you today as we give this offering that you will be pleased in Jesus' name. Amen. The worship team is going to sing a, a chorus or so, and after the offering is taken, we're all going to join in and worship as we close. God bless you.
Redeemed by 